Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. Welcome back to Candyland. We are so like pumped. The momentum is popping. I think this is like the peak moment for both of us in this podcast where we're like, wow, this is really going together. This is really working. I think for me, like today was crazy because today's the first time that, cause we've been talking about having guests in the future. And today's the first time that like a guest has reached out to me about our podcast and been like, yo, I want to be on. And so I'm like, we're doing all the things. I'm and so then proud of us. on top of that, we have an awesome guest that we're interviewing on um, Monday. So in a few days, but when you all hear this, it will be in the past. But this girl and her story, I cannot wait for you all to hear it. It actually is going to spin off the topic that we're going to discuss tonight, which is following your intuition, following your visions, following spirit, and listening early on instead of doubting yourself. Yes. And also something that um, we discussed talking about that like I'm the most excited for is talking about uh, twin flames and like karmic cycles and karmic relationships and things. Um, because you and I, I feel like that gets brought up a lot when we talk because that's what you specialize in is like talking with people about different like karmic connections and whatnot. And I find it fascinating because so many people have different like opinions and views on the topic and when I hear other people's and it's not the way that you explain it and the energy you have, I'm like quick, like, shut the fuck up. I only listen to Rampage on this. Thank you very much. Literally so many <laughs> fear-based content to get views because fear spreads quicker than love. And y'all can miss me with that. I will stay with my 12 likes and 16 views because I'm spreading the truth versus fabricating a bunch of fear-based bullshit that keeps you in those broken cycles. Okay. So I'm starting this thing where I literally have a pen and paper while we're talking and all of your little catchphrases that I just am obsessed with, I'm writing them down. And someday you're just going to get like, I don't even know what it's going to be, but something full of all these sayings. So right now y'all can miss me with that. And that's the most Kentucky shit I've ever heard. And I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> you know, Today, um, I was doing a, a video and I said at this time, so I had to realize <laughs> that that is my newest catchphrase at this time. And it's a vibe. Mine uh, has been, I love that. And then recently one of my friends was up and she's like, so I listen to the podcast and you say, I love that a lot. And do you actually love it? And I'm like, no, some things I don't like at all, but it's the only thing that I can think of to say in the moment. <laughs> She's talking about on your Coven of Rejects podcast. Yeah. And just, yeah, yeah. On the, on the podcast there. <laughs> so Gemini has her own podcast. So if you're ever just really getting your daily dose of Candyland, but you want more, 
Gemini has her own podcast called Coven of Rejects, and I've also been on there for an interview. So go to where it all started if you want to put some of these pieces together. But I'll tell you that our friendship has so been divinely inspired because we have elevated and leveled up together and we have never even met. That's the craziest shit to me because that's for real. And I was telling you yesterday, uh, I was going back through because I was doing like a, I was cutting up videos that I've had of the Patreon so that I could do like a little ad. And we've done so many videos and things together that I was cutting it up. And it's just so crazy. Like Sade did that reading and was like, um, this podcast is like so divinely guided and all this stuff. And in the moment, I wasn't thinking about it being our podcast, but then we dropped our podcast right after that. You were talking on um, Coven of Rejects about like not having timelines about things and like everything just happens and whatever. And literally, that's like one of the first topics that we talk about here too. So just like it's divinely led. And when you listen to spirit, that's our entire motive here is to let you all know that listening to spirit is a lot easier than you're making it to be. You can just follow that little voice and you will get where you need to go. So many people are fighting that little voice, masking that little voice, you know, whatever. And we have to do better as a collective. We have to do better. Um, recently I was watching this video where somebody said, if you followed the voice of your intuition, the first time that you hear it on everything that you hear and you didn't question it, where would your life be right now? Because that's you, we get a million different things a day, but then we second guess and we think it out and we, you know, whatever. But if we all literally were like, okay, I need to not go this way. I need to go left today or whatever. You might see something along the way or encounter somebody that needed you or whatever, but we don't do that because, but if I turn left here and I live to the right, that doesn't make any sense. I literally do that. Like if spirit tells me to go a different direction home, I don't care if it's the longer way, I will do it because I'm avoiding something. And I honestly have like unwavering loyalty to my intuition. And I think that is probably something that has transformed my entire existence more than anything I've ever read, anything I've ever done externally, but just listening to myself instead of asking other people or taking opinions or getting advice, but just coming in and like seeing it from the perspective of like my higher self. Like a bird's eye view on things. Yeah. They actually call it, I think it's like the Hawk view or something, but there is a book that like rates all levels of awareness and the highest level is like the Hawk and like the lowest Mm -hmm. level is the serpent. That's why I think that people get different levels of awareness when they're outside of situations, because I I feel like people don't want to tap into like that intuitive voice and actually hear what they should be hearing and seeing what they're seeing. But then afterwards, when we leave a situation, we're so open to all the messages that were coming through and all the like views on it that I think that's why we learn lessons on things sometimes after the situation instead of being inside of it. Yeah, because when you're in like fear or flight or fight mode, you're definitely not going to be embracing the higher perspective because you're down in the trenches. And I do want to emphasize that 
speaking on your intuition is what's going to lead you to trusting it is speaking up about it, like speaking up about your feelings or your visions or whatever, and not being so concerned with what other people are going to think about that. I feel like you're a good example of that because you'll just randomly send a text and you'll just be like, oh my God, this is what's going on right now. Or like, this is what I, spirit said that I needed to take a nap and I couldn't do this today. And somebody else might be like, what the fuck? You're just tired. And you got no problem being like, it's spirit led. It really is though, because I want to perform in the highest and best for all of my readings. And that's why when you book a reading, there's a 72 hour window that I will deliver that reading because like, literally I've even had clients say like, wow, I'm so glad you sent this today. And maybe it's like three days, you know what I mean? It's like hitting that 72 hour mark and they'll be like, something happened last night and this makes sense or whatever. So if I would have delivered the day before, it wouldn't have made sense. So therefore it would have went in one ear and out the other. So I listen to spirit when they tell me that it's going to be received and delivered, not just sent. I feel like having that, and again, not holding on to timelines, I feel like the same energy that you kind of put into those readings is the same thing that we do with the podcast, where like, we don't have a structured day that we sit and we record. We're just like, hey, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing tomorrow night? Feels like the right timing. Oh, we didn't think about what to talk about. Last minute, this is what we're going to talk about. Let's get into it. (laughs) Honestly, I think we've just taken like our weekly FaceTime calls and now we just record them instead yeah. of talking about it because we would really do the same thing we're doing with the podcast regularly and that's why I knew even with you having your other podcasts that this would work out like that we could make this work because we already were talking three to seven hours a week on FaceTime yes and I feel like it's so different too like I feel like covenant I'm very specific with that and it's very like very set in stone but then over here it's like, I don't know, getting to chat with your friend and then guests that we're going to be bringing in is like chatting with other friends. And so it's a completely different energy and still being so spiritually grounded. I, I'm telling you, like, I don't know what the future like has. And I'm sure that in a year we're going to pull clips up and be like, oh my gosh, we had no idea. But like, I just feel like we're going to get to hear so many stories and touch so many people with like a new positive energy and influence in a totally different positive fucking way. Literally, that's my life goal is to inspire people to just be good fucking people, to help other people, to share with other people. If you have more than enough at your table, well, guess what? You could share it or it's just going to go bad. Like you don't get to keep it kind of thing. And I love to see people shining their light and letting others know it's safe to shine theirs. Yes. Have you noticed that that the more that you're expressing that to other people, the more people you're finding that want that energy and tell you like, I've been looking for somebody that does blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh shit. Okay, I'm not alone. It's amazing because at first, there was a lot of resistance from like my old self trying to fight my new self. And like, it took me a long time to kind of like separate the two of like what I actually wanted and needed to do. 
But once you get a grip on that and you realize like your old self doesn't want to see you shine and your new self can be recreated every single day, you could wake up and choose to be a different person, to dress a certain way, to look a certain way, to get a tattoo that changes the way you look. Like it doesn't matter. You can reinvent yourself all the time, but so many people are just stuck in a box of like, well, I can't do that because of my job or my spouse or my mom or whatever. And it's like, do something different to get different results or stay in the same energy and get the same results. Yeah. And they actually call that imposter syndrome where part of yourself doesn't want to see yourself like grow and do better because either you feel like you don't deserve it, or you're concerned that you're going to be judged by the people around you. And even people who, after they get really successful, some people still have imposter syndrome where they're like, I'm just a normal person. I didn't deserve this. I come from this. And um, I think that that's something really important to speak on to say, like, we all have that struggle with figuring out who we are and old versions holding ourselves back. And we always think that somebody gives a fuck. And usually they don't. Usually people are so focused on themselves and their own insecurities that they really, truly don't care what you're doing. They're just going to say something here and there to try to knock you off your hustle. And then you just move on. Also, don't let spouses tell you what you can and can't do. That's my TED talk. Distractions. It's all a distraction. It's like a constant battle for your attention. And when you turn that attention inward and start listening to your intuition, you will blossom and you will bloom and everything that you wanted will just be available to you. And then you'll realize like, wow, that stuff doesn't actually make me happy or that actually doesn't solve my problems, but I'm happier because I'm choosing to be happier. But then on top of that, everything you wanted is just now available to you. So it's like, you have to change your actions and your energy around something to get different results. If you just are like, well, my parents just did this and that's just the way it is. And I just can't change from that or whatever, then you're choosing that at this point. Yeah. And I think that we talk, I I think that we've talked about that before too, because it's something that like, I think is just so important to be mentioning Um, And I think that people actually having a vision and writing down what you are wanting your life to look like and the support that you are wanting around the qualities that you're wanting in a spouse, the way that you want for family members to respect or not respect, whatever it is, writing those things down actually helps you manifest it because you put energy into that intention. Literally you can manifest an entire person into your life. You can manifest anything into your life. Oh my God. Okay. So I watched this interview with Megan Fox and she was talking about how, um, MGK has been her, like she manifested him at four years old and she's older than him. So she's like, like his whole existence, like who he is right now, like he wouldn't be any of those things if I hadn't like imagined him and manifested him at four years old. And I watched it and was like, you're wild girl. Like, I like it. You're hot as fuck, but you're wild. (laughs) You need help. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm actually convinced, um, that that connection there is like a blood contract from a past life. Cause they're doing all this blood stuff. So I'm convinced it's like a super, karmic not twin flame they call it the false twin it's like the person who basically pretends to be everything you ever wanted like she's changed her whole aesthetic 
like a lot of girls will do. She's changed who she is, how she posts, what she does. She used to be posting pictures with her kids in the garden. And now she's like, we fucked on this table right before this. <laughs> she, um, they, they posted a picture that says, I, I will never forget this. They posted this picture that says that the kind of sex they have would make Satan clutch his pearls. And, this and I'm wearing pearls. And you're wearing pearl, a pearl necklace. Um, and this uh, person who like covered that story or whatever and was making jokes was like, what kind of fucking freaky shit are you doing that's going to make Satan clutch his pearls? Like, what could you possibly be doing that's that crazy? Someone's like baby sacrifices. Let's get off the topic. I actually <laughs> like his art and his whatever, but I don't care for their relationship that much. It kind of gets on my nerves, not because of anything it's everything they're showing and when you show too much it's always an illusion remember that write that one down everyone i'm writing it down i have my notebook full of your quotes going on a bumper sticker when you are showing it all it's an illusion remember that real happy people don't show too much Real happy people don't need to justify their happiness to the internet or the tabloids or whoever. Real happy people are typically pretty private and inclusive with their own friend group, but they're not like blasting the personal, here's the airdrop of the the video to the whole crew. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like some people with the internet just want to be controversial or they just want to be seen. And stuff like that attracts that isn't always good it's like you know it's not a good look for people be like dolly she's been married to the same man like her entire adulthood and you never even see him even like pam and tommy which to me was like the most iconic couple i believe that like even whenever their sex tape like got released or stolen or whatever she was legit upset like she it legit even her being in playboy and doing all the things that she did it was an invasion of privacy and she was very upset about it and actually never made a dollar off of it and the craziest thing about that is i think that like blew up her and tommy's career which so in the end it was like a very iconic moment before internet porn and only fans and all the things that are available now like then that was like super private super sacred pretty devastating to pam anderson and i just feel like you know so many people want to show so much but it's like what are you really doing that leaves a message like what are you actually doing that changes people's lives like a lot of people want to be seen but they don't even know for what and it's for the wrong things I agree. And I think that even if they had OnlyFans back then, she would have been making the decision to post herself being seen in that way. But she is doing something privately with her husband that she doesn't expect to get out. Like that just feels like such an invasion. Um, and then also I learned. So I thought that that documentary on Hulu that they did of the reenactment of Pam and Tommy, I thought that she had a hand in that and she didn't. I know I did my research and she's actually ghost on social media right now. Like she posted a, a round when that Hulu came out and said, I'm going to go live my life. I'm done with the internet. I liked life better before the internet TTYL and just hasn't posted at all since on Instagram. I mean, I can understand that. I mean, 
they're putting this whole story back on display for people to have like come back into their minds. But then it's kind of like a violation of her privacy all over again, because if she doesn't have anything to do with it, how are you going to tell personal conversations and reenactments of private moments with her husband going through something so crazy if you weren't there and you don't have them involved with that? Well, you know that they added a lot of theatrics into that as well, which is also what I'm talking about. Like everything that was supposedly in that documentary was things that were public knowledge, but you know, they added lies and theatrics. And that's what I'm saying. Like what people show isn't really reality. If you don't know that person personally, you don't know the story. And I think so many people think they know other people but maybe you don't know them and your intuition would tell you everything you needed to know but you're so clouded by negative energy nine times out of ten that you're not seeing that well and how many times have you watched videos of like like robin williams for example people would say like he goes on stage and or when he's on camera he's a certain way and he like strives to make people laugh and he was this jovial person but then behind the scenes he was very quiet and guarded into himself and he wasn't that way people are always going to put on a different facade when people are out there you and I are different when we go on and we start talking on a mic and you know what I mean? As opposed to when it's just us privately with our family on downtime. Yes. And I feel like people are really surrounding themselves with others that have negative energy. And it's like, you may like that person or you may like something they bring into your life, but at the end of the day, do they really serve you? Like these same friends that you've been going out every weekend since you turned of age or, you know, like whoever, like, are these people actually serving you? What do they bring into your life? How do they add value to your life? And it's not like a monetary thing. It's like an energy exchange. Like if you're in a friendship that drains you and that brings their stress or their drama into your world, how is that really serving you? And I want to encourage everyone to really dive deep on why you allow friendships like that or connections like that. Because we've been talking about karmic partners and you can have karmic friendships and karmic family members and people that you've been in many, many, many lifetimes with that are just constant you come back with them in some way shape or form like you could be the mother in one life and the daughter in the next and I've had that happen before in people's past life readings that's came out for clients like it's very common to be in a karmic attachment with only one family member as well like the other ones new souls or people that are just coming into your all's little tribe or whatever but you can have one soul that you've been stuck with for eternity I feel like I've been stuck with my mom for eternity, but I legit 100% with everything in me believe that I've been her mom. If not just once in the past, multiple times, because I don't think that she's supposed to be my mother. This time it's fine. She can play that role. It's cool. We'll like play house for, you know, a cycle, but I need to get back in the reign of things. Well, me and my mom have had an interesting relationship and I feel like she's more like my sister than my mom. Yes. My grandmother is more like my mom, if that makes sense. So I feel like we've gotten jumbled in the cycle um, 
but my mom's an only child. I'm an only child. So there's something weird going on here with me, my mother and my grandmother that I've taken note on, but I also have a lot of, um, people in my family that I don't know at all that passed early or just people that I never met or people that I was never close with. So I really don't know a lot about my family dynamic in this lifetime. And I haven't been as worried about it because I also feel like I'm the black sheep and I'm not really from this whole family dynamic. (laughs) It just takes two people to tango. I don't know. I feel like it's weird. I literally just did a video after being with my family for five days and I was like, oh yeah, go home. Like definitely still the black sheep. Like if you go there and feel like everybody's talking and you're like the one left out or you have to like mind your P's and Q's or like, I always, uh, you know, I get told like, you're being really loud or like stop cussing or whatever. And I'm like, I just want to let my freak flag fly. You're being too loud. Like, have we met? I have either all the way up or off are my settings. I don't, I can't. I love that so much because I honestly just try to keep it a low profile at the family events. But personally, I like don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Like I just have overcame the need for approval from my family because I just realized that a lot of them are committed to like misunderstanding me or committed to challenging me. And so I'm just kind of like, I opt out. They don't get the energy. Like I just show up how I want to show up when I want to show up, make an appearance and then I bounce basically. So, um, my Mima moved in with my parents and so I got no, nothing going on with my parents, but my Mima has always been very, um, very pushy and like very, uh, like Bible driven with me, I guess you could say. And so when I was just there, the first day that we were there, she kept on telling my husband that I needed Jesus in my heart. And so that became my thing. We like filmed our family for the chili cook-off. It's on Patreon. And literally in that video, like three times, she's telling me that I need Jesus And so I started just responding when she was being irritated with it's irritating. I'm like, it's fine, Mima. I've got Jesus in my heart. And she ended up saying something to me and um, like, I'll get her for that or something. And my husband's like, are you going to show up with religious pamphlets? And that made her, I don't know, something about you just directing it back at somebody sometimes that just makes them, you know, you don't got to be mean about it, but you just be like, hey, Mima, fuck you. You know, it's crazy because um, people your Meemaw's age are running our country exclusively. Oh my God. My Meemaw is on some political things now because she's a bored old woman. So she just sits inside and watches Fox News all day long and just tells everybody about it. But she's she's got some dementia going on. And so the fact, okay. Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm highlighting here. She was letting me know that, um, and this is, I, I'm going to, anyways, um, she was trying to tell me that the Native Americans weren't actually forced from their homes. They went out and they were looking for rocks and gems and minerals, and they chose to leave their house and go and work. And it's their fault that they didn't go back to their lands. So I had to have like a quick history lesson and be like, Mima, never tell anybody that ever again. <laughs> Do not speak of that. Yeah, (laughs) honestly, that's how I feel the people that are running our country think. Like they believe like 
everything is fine. Like I've been seeing a lot of talk, like what would the founding fathers want? It's like, I don't care what they wanted. Like these are, you know, outdated concepts, period. Like that's what we don't want is what they wanted kind of thing. And like, I don't know. I just think there's so much going on in the world that you have to choose what you give your energy to. And like, you know, an old woman with dementia, that's a loose cannon kind of thing. But like at the end of the day, I think that the universe will send you little triggers like that to see like, if what if like a 40 year old woman, you didn't know said that to you, are you going to go off on her? Cause like, I feel like for you, that's a test <laughs> of patience. I feel like that's a test of patience, like having patience with people that are just out of touch. I told my mom, I, that's so funny that you say that. Cause I messaged her today and I was like, literally, I feel like I learned lessons at your house. Like I didn't strike my grandmother, which kudos to me. Cause it, it could have happened. Cause you're right. It was a very testing. If it was anybody else, I, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay. But then I'd also been feeling like, you know, grass is always greener. So I've been in this like very depressed state of like, I don't want to live where I live and why can't I just live where I used to live? And like, that's where I was happy and whatever. And we just went back there for five days and the first two days were very grounding and it was very nice to like be connected. But then the longer that I was there, the more memories that aren't so great came up and the more, you know, you get settled in a space and it's familiar already. So then I'm in this house where I had all my like difficult things happen and traumas that I went through and whatnot. And I came home so grateful to be home and appreciating the environment that I'm in and cleansing my space and was like, no, this is my home. And it made me appreciate how far I've come from when I was there to being here in this house. It's a completely like different mindset. And I, I feel like that trip going there taught me so many different things and so many different gratitudes. I have seen a lot of talk on the internet about if you think you're healed, go spend a week with your parents or your siblings or, you know, whatever. And I do believe that to be true because I will be super in my own zone and then I'll go spend like a week with my mom or she'll come spend a week with me. And it's not so much when I'm there with her, because when she's here with me, she thinks that we're going to like clean out the garage or like go through my cabinets and get rid of things. And then mom start like, throwing things away that I use like one time she tried to throw away my coffee pot she was like you don't use this and I literally I like little cheap like five cup coffee pots because I only want a little bit of coffee I don't want like a 12 cup exclusive and I hate the little cure egg However you say those, I don't like those little cups they're way too strong for me so I like making it the way I want to make it some weak ass coffee yeah like I don't want super strong coffee no because like that makes me sick in the morning maybe if I needed it at like 5 p.m okay but she tried to toss like in mid toss I had to yank my coffee pot away from her because she had it in the trash almost so I was like yeah when she comes here it does get kind of triggering I'm not gonna lie but when I go there and visit her in Florida like it's fine so it's just weird I don't know but when she comes here she gets on like this hustle mode of going through my closets and asking me when I use this or whatever and I'm like I literally use these things like I give away stuff all the time I get rid of stuff all the time 
I'm constantly rearranging my home. Like, don't come for me, lady. I will say that's something about you is that you are constantly getting rid of and accumulating more things. And I feel like that's why your energy never stays stagnant because I feel like you are always getting rid of something that like, that's just not serving you or it can serve somebody else and then bringing something different in. Also, I just want to live in your closet because it's Polly Pockets Wonderland. Honestly, I have been getting into like energy exchange, like looking at whenever I spend quote unquote money as spreading money. And when you spread money to like a small business or someone who's living their dream, an artist, whatever it may be, you're spreading money when you're spending money that's at like Walmart. But when you shop small or you support someone's business or commission someone for artwork, you're spreading money. And that money comes back to you times 10. So anyone who like has booked a reading with me, um, like I have set like a manifestation for all clients to get that money back times 10. And a lot of people continuously upgrade after working with me. Like it's just a trend of all my clients. There may be like the 20% that wasn't ready and the 80% is on the next level. Like I would say all of my clients have some type of amazing breakthrough after a few readings that they've incorporated the wisdom and the teachings into that by trusting their intuition and listening to themselves. Yes. And that's the beautiful thing about doing readings where you're giving people steps to take after they get the reading with you, because then they know what you should be working on. There's nothing worse than when you hear like, well, you're going to need to work on that. And then you don't give any advice and you're just like, fly, <laughs> figure it out. I think having a mentor or like a life coach for anyone listening, I'll say this probably every episode, it's so important. Like life coaches hold you accountable, almost like a, a third grade child. But sometimes we need that as adults, because when we are free to make our own decisions, we stay making the same bad choices over and over again, and then wonder why we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Cause, and I feel like that's because you're not learning lessons that you're supposed to. And I truly think that you keep on reliving the same situations, the same relationships and traumas until you learn the lessons from those and then start to move on, which I think is why, and going back to like, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, but going back to like karmic cycles, I feel like the reason that people keep on popping up repeatedly is because you don't learn the lesson that you're supposed to learn from them and learn that tie that you're supposed to break. And so you keep having to relive that same like traumatic bond until your soul recognizes and moves on. Also though, your soul can be comfortable in the chaos. And that's why you keep reliving the cycle is not because you haven't learned the lesson because you probably have, you just haven't incorporated your lesson, meaning you're going to meet a, another lesson, but you have to recognize like, oh, okay, same face or same lesson, different face or whatever energy kind of thing. Like they say, you'll basically meet the same lessons over and over again until you basically start leveling up in a way where it's like, I wouldn't even entertain that lesson again. So how do people know the difference between them being in a actual true, like twin flame relationship versus being in like a karmic cycle relationship? Well, your karmic cycle relationship is going to mold to 
cushion your bad habits or like your toxic qualities. So for someone who's like got addictive qualities, this person may participate in drug activity with you or, or bad, you know, energy bringing bad cycles back into your life. Like it could be like, you know, have you ever seen those relationships where it's like, yeah, I was sober and then I got with her and, and she parties. So now I party kind of thing. It's kind of just like a cycle or a connection that's not really bringing the best out of you. It's hella not challenging you in a positive way, but it's reactivating old wounds. It's putting salt in old wounds. Um, it's enabling you. So a karmic connection may have like a passionate energy to it. Like it may be very like passionate, but that can also be very manipulative or controlling. So you're going to see the difference between like a true soulmate or twin flame connection and your karmic soulmate connections by how that's activating your, either your truth or your trauma. Okay. I just needed, I just needed that like broken down and explained in words because I can understand it on like a internal mental level, but then trying to explain that or speak that out loud. I just, I I couldn't do that. Well, you mentioned it before people are like, that's my best friend. You may have chemistry with your karmic. Like I've had a karmic relationship. Thank God I learned that lesson, but it brought out the like shadow aspects of me. And I could see where the connection had its perks, but it brought out my shadow side, like exclusively my shadow side and a very toxic side of me. And it also was there to illuminate all of these blind spots that I had, because without a person triggering that out of you, you will have blind spots forever. And that's why they say you always meet your karmic right before you meet your soulmate or before you, you know, get into a union with a soulmate, because the universe wants to know that you're no longer going to allow that you're no longer going to play that game and that you have learned that and it has changed you not just okay I was in the cycle and now I'm going to go repeat the cycle later when I feel better but no I learned the lesson thank you universe for showing me the way because without those lessons you wouldn't meet the people that are meant for you because you wouldn't know how to handle them what do you mean you wouldn't know how to handle them If you haven't learned your karmic lessons around love or acceptance or respect, loyalty, whatever, faithfulness, whatever it is, if you haven't learned those um, karmic lessons, because we're all going to have some around love, because love is kind of like the common denominator around this world. So I feel like you have to learn and demonstrate to your soul that you have the capacity to hold and protect a higher embodiment of love. Because if you can't hold and protect it, then you're going to drop the ball every single time. So you may get everything you've ever dreamed of, and then you're going to lose it, which will send you down a deeper and darker path. I feel like, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel like um, people that have like super, super toxic loves, that that's not actually love. And that's just like, I, I just feel like that's like, like it's a trauma thing or something, but I don't feel like that's actually like love. 
No, it's attachment. It's control and attachment manipulation. Most people like the idea of you, but actually respecting and honoring and cherishing you is out of the fucking question. And when 2022 started, I made one promise to myself that I would never allow people in my life that were not cherishing me as in needing to change or justify myself to others was no longer going to even be a part of my story. And I feel like I broke those cycles years ago, but like this year I made myself like this full fledged promise that like, I will not allow anything but magic and support and like true connection that feels divinely guided. What did Jelly Roll say about the show, Pony? He said, people are always asking him about his wife and how his wife is just all over the internet being a badass bitch. And he said, well, whenever I married Bunny, I knew who she was and she's a show pony and you're not supposed to get a show pony and put it in a cage. You're supposed to show it. And that's what we do or something. And it was really inspiring because so many men will get with a powerful woman and all the reasons they were attracted to her try to shield or hide those because their own insecurities are fearful of another man or another person recognizing those qualities in their wife or their spouse. And I think that we need stronger, more grounded men in the world who are able to own their own fears and insecurities but then conquer them anyways i i just like want to sniff her because (laughs) because (laughs) she's super sweet like her energy when you meet bunny like her energy is so amazing and i after knowing her can see why so many people are just so gravitated towards her that woman is here to be on a podium healing the world like on a stage whatever speaking like whatever she does it has deep meaning and I love that she's not afraid to show her shadow side and she always talks about like her Lilith and like the dark feminine energy and I love that because a lot of women have been brainwashed to forget those parts of herself and that's within us all and I think the dark feminine is rising baby not only that I know that she washes with baby soap because she talks about it. So she smells squeaky fucking clean. And I just, I just know that she smells like heaven. That's all. She's so amazing. I think on this journey, there's so many amazing people just like Bunny that would be just too afraid to step into their power out of fear of their husband or friends or family. And I love that she is not afraid of anything the internet has to say or anything anyone has to say and if I could pick one person that I want to be more like her hands down like every day that I'm elevating I'm thinking like how can I elevate in a way where it just screams fuck you to anyone who cares that much about what I'm doing like how can I make sure that you all know I don't care what you think wwbd what would bunny do legit and I think she inspires so many women to stand like stand up for themselves and to speak up. And if you all don't know who Bunny XO is, you need to get familiar because we will talk about her a lot. That woman is amazing. And shout out. That's literally the reason that you and I 
found each other is because I saw you on the podcast and that day that your episode dropped, I remember being like, well, I'll go follow her because everybody drops their stuff at the end. I went and followed you and uh, I followed you for a little while before I got the reading from you. But then I remember after that reading and stuff, you would randomly text me and just be like, hey, like, what are you doing? How are you doing? And I'm like, she's talking to me. Okay. And okay. here we are. <laughs> I think Not like fangirl status, but just like, I just... I needed so much of that positive energy at the time. And you would text me out of the fucking blue at just the most random moments. And I was like, like, no, I like, I need this energy. Like, I just, I loved that. I really think community is super key on any journey. A lot of people feel alone. So if you have like wisdom or energy to extend to anyone in your circle or even strangers, that's what's important. Like the universe is taking notes. If you have something to share with the world and you're choosing to sit on it, the universe is taking notes. And I'm promising you that you will be rewarded for just being genuine and kind and just legit, baby. In a world full of fake people, be legit. We sit on faces, not our dreams around here. Legit. <laughs> I need that on a shirt. We sit on faces, not our dreams. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. How are you incorporating your dreams into your daily life? Because I was listening to your episode with the dream interpreter, and I know that you were talking a lot about how interested you were. And I'm just curious to know, have you been remembering any more dreams? Because my dreams have been popping. So a uh, fun fact about me, my dreams are always fucking wild. And if I sleep too warm, I have the craziest dreams. Um, I have been paying attention to them afterwards. Um, and some of them I write down, um, but I've actually been speaking them out loud, like to my family. And so um, day before yesterday, my stepdaughter came to me and asked me about one of the dreams that I had had. So I had a dream that I was at her mom's house and somebody was trying to like break into the house and, or no, I was worried someone was going to try and break into the house. So I was trying to lock the doors, but her mom's house had so many doors. And every time I thought that I was done, I had to go and I had to lock another door. So I was telling them about that. And then I went and I researched um, what it means when you dream that you need to lock all the doors in your house. And that is a sign of you are needing to um, have more personal protection, like you're scared of outside influences being able to come into your safe place. And then um, multiple doors and not being able to lock all of them is a fear that no matter what you do, it's not going to be good enough and that you'll never be able to like protect the people around you. And so I have taken that and incorporated that into, I got some new um, protection jewelry to and oils for myself. And I cleansed the house and did new like barriers at our house and things like that, because that just made me feel like I was putting energy into something. Um, but then I also did a releasing fear meditation and I did a grounding bath so that I could feel like I was getting rid of that fearful energy and that I had done everything that I could put into place and that I would just be comfortable with that. And I haven't had any dreams like that. 
That's really cool because I put protection oil on before we started recording. I I took a bath in it before we recorded. Protection is the energy. And I think spirit is always letting us know what we need to do. Dreams can be significant through a lot of change in your life. I know like whenever I'm contemplating changes, I have a lot of dreams here lately. My dreams have just been like all over the place. Like I was on a raft in the middle of the ocean recently, just kind of vibing like, but it was kind of like in the middle of the ocean. So not a vibe, but I don't know. I don't put too much thought into it, but I do try to keep notes on them if I can. Yeah. I feel like writing things down because there are pieces of that dream that I didn't even remember that my daughter brought up. And had I written that dream down, I could have gone back and looked at like the little, the little things to keep a notebook that's by your bed. So that if you wake up from that, you're like, Oh, I better jot that down real quick. I used to, but then I just started putting them in the notes on my phone. Oh, well that's high tech. So I have like a folder just called dreams. So that way they're just all together. Cause I told you all before that my journals are all over the place. So my journals are like, wow, I wrote this down three years ago. And that would have been cool to know six months ago, but like, there's no organization of the journal. You send me pictures. Like you'll find a journal and you'll be like, oh my God, there was a lollipop sticker. I called this three years ago and send me a picture. And I'm like, yes. That's literally whenever I found the journals from when I was a kid and they're from like 2001 and I had drawn a bunch of like t-shirts with cherries on them. I love how spirit works. That's another intuition thing. Like as a child, spirit was trying to let me know because when you're a kid, the veil is really thin because you're not bogged down by responsibility and fear and the news and politics and trauma. You're just literally learning how to ride a bike and just trying to use the fork or like whatever it is that you're not like worried about all those things. So when you're like five to like nine is like the peak timing for intuition, dreams and things like that to be coming to a kid. Yeah. I, I find so many people with doing the other podcasts and talking about their spiritual journey that knew as kids that they like had gifts or whatever. And I think that a big part of people too, not um, harnessing into that and expanding on that when we're really young is people trying to explain it away or say that that's incorrect or um, like limiting you on what you can believe and think is real and second guess. And I think that maybe that's why so many adults now don't follow what their intuition is going back to that topic. Um, because they were always taught that they shouldn't, that that's incorrect, that that little voice is telling you to do something that isn't on the path that you're supposed to be on. So don't listen to that. Well, legit, I want to speak on this because my grandmother, she's in her seventies. So this was so brainwashed into her that literally earlier I was on the phone and I was telling her about how excited I am and how so much stuff is happening and I'm just listening to my intuition and I'm just going to do whatever it tells me to do even if it sounds scary or sounds like you know taboo I'm just going to do it and we'll just see what happens and she was like well I don't like that and I was like what do you mean you don't like that and she said well what if it tells you to kill yourself and I was like grandmother my intuition would never say that because that's yeah your intuition that's a demon and she was like well that makes sense I'm like holy moly what is going on like my grandmother is 
tripping right now. And I had to like set her straight. I was like, my intuition is a higher power. It would just never say that that's a lower thing. And that's like a demon. And she was like, okay, but just, you know, the generations that they just brainwashed, they didn't even have references. They barely had resources or shoes or books or anything. So it's like, these are the people that literally have raised the generation that, like I said, is exclusively running the country and, or they're still in the politics at 70 years old. Do you want to hear something real wild about my great grandmother? Yes. It involves anal. So goodness. (laughs) Um, so when I was going to be getting married, so my grandma Rose was really old. Um, and when I was going to get married, she was super concerned and she wanted me to know that, um, husbands want to do things that you might not want to do, uh, in the bedroom and that you have to do it because once you're married, that's just what it is. So you just have to be quiet and do whatever your husband wants to do. So she wanted me to know, and I quote, sometimes they want to stick it in your back door and you just have to let them do it. And I remember being like grandma Rose, like I, like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And she's like, well, when you're a wife, you're just going to have to. And that's stuck out to me. That's one of the wildest things to me, because that's literally, literally a generational thing that they were taught that your husband's going to walk out on you. You'll have nothing. You'll have no money. You won't have your kids because he owns the land and the kids and whatever. And you have to do whatever he wants. She was also like a Southern woman from Georgia. And so she was very like, this is a woman's role. This is a man's role. And if he wants to stick it in your ass, by God, you better let him. Literally though. And that's exactly the generation like that, like I said, raised our parents and whatever. And I feel like so many people have so many fears that are really imaginative. Like we fear change. We fear failure. We fear success. We fear the unknown. We fear the known. It's like, it just doesn't matter. It's just in programmed for everybody to just feel some type of way and just think they don't have any power. Like exactly what she is saying. Like your husband is almighty and you have to listen. Crazy to me. Thank everyone for changing that mindset. Cause I will never, ever follow that lead. To quote rampage. Y'all can miss me with that shit. Legit. I, like I have said time and time again, respect a partner and their opinion, but ultimately probably still going to do what I want. Going to do whatever the fuck I want. I feel like that is the perfect message for us to close part one with. We love you all. We're so thankful to be here and we will see you soon because this is part one. Part one, we have part two coming up next. So hope everybody stays blessed, stays elevated, and we'll see you in Candyland next time. Bye.